Welcome back to Still Dead from Chipperish Media. I'm story expert and last totem of the raw tet, Lonnie Diane Rich. And I'm researcher and puzzle with missing pieces and some cryptic gibberish, Dr. Kelly Jones. And we are back after a short hiatus during which we covered an entirely different kind of apocalypse with good omens in our podcast, Welcome to the End Times, to talk about Angel Season 4, Episodes 9 and 10, Long Day's Journey and Awakening, both of which are watchers. Welcome to the big leagues. You're a champion. You don't get personal days. So let's raise the stakes. In Long Day's Journey, the beast picks up where it left off in the White Room, killing a group of mystical Rotet totems who have powerful objects hidden in their human forms. The Beast wants all of these objects for a dark ritual that will turn off the sun and transform L.A. into a demon playground. After the Beast kills one of her clients, our favorite super electric thief, Gwen, goes to the Hyperion to ask for Angel's help. The team finds the last surviving Rotet Totems, who goes by the name Manny, and hides him in Gwen's safe room. But Angel and Cordelia fall asleep on guard duty and wake to find Manny dead. The Beast goes to Connor's place to complete the ritual, beats Connor, and throws him out of the window just as Angel and company arrive. Angel, Gwen, and Gunn fight the Beast while Fred and Wesley work to send it through a portal, but they're too late, and the sun turns to blood and goes dark. Angel and Cordelia experience a memory of the Beast and Angelus, but Angel doesn't remember the Beast. The answer is among you riddle seems to point to Angelus. Wesley is convinced that the Beast has power over Angel and that bringing back Angelus is their only hope of defeating the Beast and restoring the sun. Long Day's Journey aired on January 22, 2003. It was directed by Terrence O'Hara and written by Mare Smith. All right, so Dr. Jones, here we are back again. Feels like we never left. (laughs) Hanging out with Angel. (laughs) Dealing with the apocalypse. We had to split season four and take a break. Because it's it's hard. It's it's the most difficult season of Angel, you know, to handle. Um, and uh, and these episodes, like I, I don't think these episodes are like terrible bad, um, but but they're in the middle of such badness. They're they're weighted down by such badness that it kind of like gets the, gets their stink on them. You know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. You're trying to pull out the good in a pool of toxic. Yeah, no, it's 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 bad. Um, so where are you on the perfect happiness scale with Long Day's Journey? So I gave this a three because Gwen. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, anything, anything in the storyline is just it has to be filtered through that haze of gross that is Cordelia and Connor. But I love Gwen and I was so happy to see her back. Yeah, you know, I feel the same way. It's a three for me. I love Gwen. Gwen is always a delight, although it's always there's this sense of like what could have been mm-hmm. with Gwen because we don't use her. Like yeah. she's amazing and she's just there and we don't use it. It's incredible. Um, I also enjoy Manny, despite everything that I am as a human. There's something about Manny that just delights <laughs> me. And I think part of it is just because he's he's so like fully characterized and he's supposed to be this like, you know, ancient rotet, blah, 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 you know. Um, and there's something about the simple contrast of that, of mm-hmm. him being kind of like this this weird, slightly pervy you know, New York on vacation in Florida type guy. Um, and I just, I enjoy that. So I give it, I give it a three because of those two and the rest of it. Well, why don't you go ahead and talk about it? <laughs> well, I did have some moments of 
uh, happiness. I don't know that I'll go to perfect. I would call it perfect. But no, perfect not stretching it a bit. Like I'm not in danger of losing my soul here. Yes, but mm-hmm. but I had some moments I enjoyed, um, mm-hmm. and I like the opening with Angel and Lorne. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. and Angel says, "I'm not brooding. I'm researching." <laughs> and I'm like, I kind of want that cross stitched in my office. <laughs> yeah, no, I know it's really awesome. It's a good line. Yeah, and Lorne is, you know kind of reminding Angel, hey, you don't get to work alone anymore and you're a champion. You don't get personal Mm -hmm. days. Like, get off your ass and figure this out. (laughs) Right. I like that We kind of need you, Angel Cakes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I like Angel's whole... I work better alone, which is like your classic rogue hero line, yeah. you know, and it's it's one of these things that is way overused, this idea of men having to stand on their own. I work better alone. I don't need anybody. I don't need community. You know, all that kind of bullshit is annoying. And yet I dig it. I don't know why. I just do. I fall for it every time. And I fall for it his I work better alone. You know, and I'm like, hello, rogue hero. Like, <laughs> Well, I like that we have our rogue superpower thief who mm-hmm. actually mm-hmm. does kind of work better alone. Oh, yeah. Because Gwen She's is awesome. just awesome. And and mm-hmm. Gwen Raiden is a great yes. name. It is a great name. Like, it's She's a so great much name. Everything perfect there, right on a platter. Yeah. And nobody does anything with it. What the fuck with that? No, I don't even know. It's so good. And, yeah. and, and her kind of nonchalant approach looking out for number one like i don't know what's going on with the holy roller revelation party but (laughs) i'm going to tahiti (laughs) but between like the tahiti line and then the beast cutting her client open and pulling out that glowing whatever the thing was i was Mm -hmm. like you know you've been watching too much marvel (laughs) when you watch angel and you're like yes tahiti is a magical place and oh magical i wonder if that's an infinity stone like i just (laughs) i know i know it really is i mean this is 20 years before any of that and yet it's you know we have that connection you know it feels very connected with that so yeah yeah, it does and i kind of ship angel and gwen like, oh, oh, totally ship Angel and Gwen. You know, like, I don't yeah. know if he's good enough for her, though. But but I like Is them anybody? together. No, probably not. <laughs> probably not. But maybe Faith. I don't know. Yeah. My, my shipping mm-hmm. lines run deep and, and, yeah. and crooked. But I, I, I <laughs> like her, you know, walking in. Hi there. Yeah. Long time. No hand to hand. And <laughs> I it's, it's pretty great. She's you know? so great. I love the, I already apologize for killing you. What do you want? Awake? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she gets some great lines like the, you know, mm-hmm. tell me about it. Freak to freak. Is the world yes. about to end or what? Like, <laughs> yes, it's, it's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and her apartment is so badass. Like, yeah, the building looks so sketchy. And then she has mm-hmm. like this super luxury you know, space. Know. And of course, of course she has she a does. safe room because of course she of course does. She does. <laughs> you know, and, and I did like Manny calling Angel and Gwen super hunk and spandexia. <laughs> that was funny. <laughs> it was it was really cool. I love Angel and Gwen together. I completely ship it. Like the Cordy and Angel thing is something they had to like pull me into. And I've always gone into that ship like with one foot on land because I'm like, you know, I just it, I've never really liked the Cordy and Angel ship. I just go along with it because that's what they're doing mm-hmm. or whatever. But Angel and Gwen, 
Yeah. From moment one, have this wonderful um, chemistry together. Um, her character is so great. And her character is so, you know, part of the thing about Angel that we love is that he's got this deep philosophical way of looking at the world that he is, um, you know, he's able to emotionally connect and like have those deep conversations. And Gwen is not, she is not there <laughs> to like figure her shit out. She is not there for therapy. She is there for sex and goodbye. And that is it. And like, I really love the combination of those um, of those characters together. Well, and I like it. Like when you think about, okay, how will this couple actually work together in practicality? Right. right? Well, you know, she has I don't imagine it's very easy for Gwen to show Mm -hmm. up and just have sex because if she touches you, you're going to die. Oh, but, fair enough. But yeah. Angel's dude is already dead. So like right. she can start so his heart, turn it back off again, turn it back on. They can she have can some peanut all butter. Sorts of stuff. Zap I know. It, you know? Right. It works. And like I have this long seated theory that Angel is like on the artist black market. That's how he makes his money. So mm-hmm. you know, when he doesn't have a case, they could go steal some stuff together and sure. like, I, <laughs> I think it could thing. work. This could have been Oh, it could have been what it could have been and yet is not because she's here and then she's gone. But I mean, I love the two of them together. I love where she's like, where were you when they taught stealth and superpowers? (laughs) (laughs) It's just adorable. And the actress is fantastic. And so it's just it's one of those things like every now and again, this will happen on a show where like something is perfect, just perfect. And we do nothing with it. And it's so disappointing. It's so sad. And the fact that she didn't get her own spinoff show just breaks my heart because it would have been amazing. I know. Uh, But I also got joy from Wesley Mm -hmm. in this episode and and a little bit of Wesley and Fred, which gives me complicated feelings because Uh, I'm sick of this love triangle. But when two people are drawn together by a love of intellectual theory, I can't help it. I can't. (laughs) Yes. And. When when Wesley's talking about the totems and the raw tet, and he's uh-huh. like, their origins have been shrouded in mystery since the dawn of time. And I'm like, talk research oh, to me, baby. I like, know, <laughs> right? See, I love dark Wesley, and you love research Wesley. I love research Wesley so much. Um, yeah. But but the, I don't know. He and Fred yes. think along the same lines, like that that mental connection that they have. Yes. You know, when Fred says, statistically, it's still a coincidence, two lines. And then Wesley says, make a line, not a pattern. And I'm like, oh. Uh Right. (laughs) I know. I dig it. Like, I I really, really like it. Um, Yeah. And I like pithy Wesley. You know, when they're, they're talking about the beast and his idea for turning off the sun and Wesley says, well, as far as evil plans go, it doesn't suck. Right. <laughs> you know? And to have Wesley, you know, use like, here he is in the, their origins have been shrouded in mystery since the dawn of time. And then to go from that to it doesn't suck yeah. and make that work. Yes. Like he can span that Delta with no problem. And I freaking love it. And the thing is, I know it's not popular. I know Wesley and Fred are hugely problematic. I don't care. I ship it. I ship it hard. I have from the beginning. I have always shipped Wesley and Fred. I always will. I can't help it. <laughs> See, I'm on the I'm on the one foot on that ship, and then the other uh, foot, like very mad at myself for being on that ship. But right. <laughs> I just want to put them both in a room and give them books and I see what know. happens. I know it'd be so sexy. 
But then I really did feel for Gunn. And I think this episode did more to mm-hmm. make that triangle feel real yeah. to me. Mm-hmm. Because when they're trying to figure out how to get rid of the beast, Fred and Wesley together come up with this plan of using a portal. Right. Which is like mm-hmm. salt in the wound for Gunn. You know, yeah. to have them working together, to have them aligned, but to have it be another portal after yeah. what happened with her professor and yeah. Gunn having to kill him. And like, I and thought that being a huge source of conflict yeah. for Gunn and Fred. Yeah, yeah, it was raw. And I, and I think that that came across, you know, mm-hmm. really deeply and really well yeah. um, in this episode. And, and I surprised myself. I felt bad for Connor. Yeah, um, because, you know, everybody thinks he's connected to the beast and right, whatever. Um, but in the end, when, you know, the beast hurts him, mm-hmm. throws him out of that building, you know, and when Angel runs past, Connor says, Dad, mm-hmm. you know, and Angel says, it's OK, Connor, I'm here now. And I'm like, oh, God, Aww. I know there's something about him saying dad and, you know, yeah. that without the usual snarky bullshit yes uh-huh yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that just i don't know it, was, it, it had moving moments yes yes it did i i really liked um like i said i liked uh manny mm-hmm. even though he's unbelievably gross um <laughs> you know the whole you think she'd give me a lap dance thing like Ugh. it's gross but whatever i still like i'm immortal unless i'm ritually murdered of course like i don't know why I like this. I like this character. I can't help it. Um, and I also, at the end of the episode, there was the uh, the slate that said in memory of Glenn Quinn. Glenn Quinn, who of course played Doyle in the first like ten episodes of Angel, uh, died on December third, two thousand and two. And this was the second episode to air after his death. Aww. So they dedicated this episode to his memory, and that was kind of sweet and sad. Yeah, it's so mm-hmm. it's so it's so sad and so tragic yeah. to lose somebody that that young. Yeah. 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 I think um I think that might be all the good I got. That's it. I think that's it. <laughs> you know what? You squeezed out quite a bit from this episode. So that was good. Good for you. So then we got a steak, Connor and Cordelia. And like first of all, okay. So I know we don't do spoilers. Uh uh-huh. so you know, we're kinda trying to analyze this episode with our hands tied behind our back. Um yes. which is less fun than it sounds. Like <laughs> You know, whatever. But but Cordelia is dressed all in black. They should uh-huh. know that something is wrong. Yeah. Like that alone. Yeah. They should yeah. know something's up. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and, and I don't like this. I have complicated feelings when a character who's being badly written mm-hmm. and says things for the wrong reason also ends up with good lines. Yeah. You know? And so like, Cordy is manipulating Angel, but she's like, people need you. Your son needs you. You're the leader, mm-hmm. so lead. And I'm like, yeah, well, she has a point. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but I, yeah. ugh, the whole thing. I know, it's all gross. It's so gross. Yeah. It's so gross. And everything with her and Connor, I just can't. I just No, it's terrible. It's all terrible. And everything, you know, there's this whole thing with like Angel and Cordy and Angel's so like heartbroken, you know, and I feel for him and I feel this whole thing for him. At the same time, everything that Cordelia says, I want to slap her. I want to slap Connor. It's gross. It's terrible. There's this whole thing where we didn't do anything wrong. Um, Yeah, you did, Oedipus. It's disgusting. (laughs) Like, no. 
Yeah. He did do something wrong. All of this is wrong. It's wrong on a million different levels. Um, and that whole like love triangle thing. I mean, you know, the thing about the love triangle and I don't hate the love triangle like as a, um, you know, a lot of people get all pissy about it because it's overused. It's overused because it provides a decent amount of romantic conflict that is real and yet resolvable eventually when whoever makes a choice, you know. So, I mean, like I get why people don't like the love triangle. I do like it. Um, as a general device, but mm -hmm. overused. We got a love triangle with Wesley and Fred and um, and Gunn. You know, now we've got a love triangle with Connor and Cordelia and Angel. Um, except that Connor and Cordelia are gross. Yeah, and there's there's problems with that anyway. Regardless of the triangle, like you know, it's all like it's all really gross. And the idea that that she slept with his son, and for Angel, like he's angry. Like she slept with someone. Right. She slept with his child. Like that's no, it's not okay. It's not okay on a million different levels. But that's something that like it it ruins Cordelia's character for me. Like, I'm not sure you come back from that shit, you know, <laughs> but the whole point about a love triangle is that it's possible for this to be resolved. And you really can't, you can't resolve that. That's bad. No, you know? it's just bad. So, it's just yeah. bad. And then mm -hmm. it, it kind of felt like they were trying to create yet another triangle with Angel and Cordelia and um, Gwen. Gwen. And I'm like, Ugh. oh, so it just Angel flat out using Gwen as a device to make Cordelia jealous yeah. was so gross. And mm -hmm. I hated Cordelia calling Gwen super tramp. You know, I am really over women snarking at each other over yeah. a man. Like, I'm so done with that. And yet we do that kind of thing over and over and over again. And also, where the hell does Cordy get off being jealous about Angel and Gwen? She fucked his kid. Like, no, you don't have the moral high ground on any of this. You don't have the right to not like Gwen. Also, there's no reason not to like Gwen. Gwen is awesome. Like, I'm sorry, Cordy. Like, I don't care what your feelings are for Angel or what kind of sparks, no pun intended, are going on between Angel Angel and Gwen. Um, <laughs> there is no way Gwen walks into a room and even the straightest of women isn't like, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, you just there's just no way. That's just not reasonable. Now, Cordy flirting with Gwen, I'd be like, all right, I'm on that. Yeah. I mean, something. But God, yes. I just I'm so over it. I'm like, I know women around the world. There are more important things to fight over than some dude. Yeah. Okay. That's just he's not worth whatever. it. Whoever you're fighting over, not worth it. No. Yeah. No. Mm -hmm. Um. But and then you know, so I've got to stake that bullshit, and then I kind of yeah. just need to stake the entire storyline. Yeah. But we don't do spoilers, so I. But I. I feel like I have to point out. Okay. The writers are lying, in mm -hmm. different ways. Period. And so, like, it would be intellectually dishonest. To put things like in my research section or right. to try to tear certain things apart when I know that we're being lied to. So I, yeah. I'm just like, all right, the, these conversations that we would normally have right now, we'll just have to wait. Yeah. Because that's mm -hmm. the only way I know how to dance the spoiler-free dance. Yep. But I did get some research questions. Okay, what you got? Okay, so we open with Angel drawing the beast. Mm -hmm. So... Does Angel draw as a way to process his emotions while Angelus draws the objects of his obsession? Ooh, interesting. Because they both sketch. They use the same sketchbook. Uh-huh. They have the same yeah. style. They draw the same way. 
But Angel draws when he's deeply hurt. Like we saw him drawing all those yeah. pictures of Darla and then burning yes. them. And now he's mm-hmm. drawing the beast. And mm-hmm. we see Angelus doing that when he's like stalking somebody. Mm-hmm. So I'm really, right. I'm really intrigued by that connection of creative expression mm-hmm. in the same embodied person, but with right. how it plays out with a soul versus without a soul. Mm-hmm. I don't yeah. know the answer. Mm-hmm. I just thought it was interesting. Yeah. No, it is. I mean, it really is. Um, and I think that's like a really interesting line to draw, too, because Angelus does draw whatever it is that he's obsessing on, you know, um, and and is Angel is Angel doing that, too? It's just that his his, you know, quote unquote, obsession is processing and understanding things, yeah. you know, like understanding the why. Like, I mean, the big thing about Angel is it's always about the why, mm-hmm. you know, for him, everything is about the why. And um, and so I think that's really kind of an interesting distinction to draw between them. Yeah, I think so, too. And then I was really curious about how Angelus can have memories of the beast that Angel doesn't have. Oh, uh, plot contrivance. Yeah, because I think that's the only Angel answer. remembers everything. everything. Angel remembers everything except this one little pocket of memory right right so like other than it just being plot shenanigans Mm -hmm. like cognitively how would that even be possible i don't know yeah um but it 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 oh it also bothers me because Mm -hmm. i mean god damn it right like get get your act together writers right i don't (laughs) um and then i was also wondering about lauren's powers Mm-hmm. Okay, so he figures out what happened with Cordelia and Connor because he can read the vibe. And I was wondering, like, did he vomit many, many times? Um, oh, he must have. <laughs> but are his powers still damaged from his trauma because he's not picking up any kind of vibe between Angel and the Beast? Uh, plot contrivance. Plot, oh, great. <laughs> Yay! Inconsistency uh, born of, of plot needs. Yeah. I, I feel like we are really bending the reality of the world i mean you always like the the reality of the world gets bent a little bit it always gets warped a little bit in service of whatever the narrative requires and i mean oftentimes there will at least be some explanation there will at least be some nod of like oh this is what they don't even care anymore they're like you know what we're just bending (laughs) this to fit we're just gonna poke know? holes in everything yeah we're just gonna yeah we're not even gonna i'm not even la, 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 i cannot see you we're not even looking at all of the things that this contrasts with and contradicts with has previously been established so yeah I, I don't know at this run like um i don't know if you've ever been in the back of a new york taxi cab no right okay here's the experience you get in the back of a new york taxi cab and you're like hey please take me to this and this the place right and so then they start driving and they drive like unbelievable maniacs like you're in the (laughs) middle of that car and you are certain you are going to die like there is no way that these cars are going to move around each other and and nobody dies like there's nobody's getting out of here you know unscarred right (laughs) and you're sitting in the back of the car and then at a certain point at least for me my experience is at a certain point I'm like okay I am in this vehicle I have no control over what's going to happen in this vehicle I'm just going to ride I'm just going to ride and let's see what happens. Right. Um, and then miraculously, like, cause these, these people, these cab drivers have the, the kind of skill set that I can only imagine is, is forged in like trauma and accidents <laughs> and danger because how they get so good, they miss each other by inches going 55 miles an hour down the road in the middle of Manhattan. It's on. Un- 
unbelievable. Like it's crazy. And then they drop you off and they're like, yeah, that'll be, you know, $6. And you're just like, okay, I will pay you anything because I am alive. And here's a tip for you because I am alive and I am so happy to be alive. You know, it's just, it's crazy. And so there's something about that experience, not necessarily the happy to be alive part, because at the end of this, nobody's going to be happy, but at, it, it, you're in the seat and you're like, I got no control over this. This is swerving all over the place, barely missing, you know, really hard, solid objects. I'm just going to ride it. I'm just going <laughs> to ride it and not think critically about anything in this experience. And so for me, that's what season four of Angel is like. I'm like, you know what? I'm here. I'm here and I'm not going anywhere. So all right, fine. Let's do this shit, TV show, right? I like that's kind of where I am with it now. That's that's my emotional space with season four. I like it. I think that makes sense because I'm like, and, and it drives me crazy because I have so many questions and I'm like, oh, sure. These questions could be meaningful, except I think most of it is just bad writing. It's so, just plot contrivance. Yes. Nine times out of 10, you ask me a question. I'm going to be like plot contrivance. Okay. Well, here, know, I, here's honest. one more. Okay. You got another yeah. one? Yeah. So if the answer is among you refers to Angelus instead of Connor, why does the beast go to Connor's place to complete the sun ritual? Hmm. I don't know. I, my guess right? is plot contrivance. Plot contrivance. Like my guess, okay. my awesome. guess is that we have the plot contrivance duct tape and we're just going to strap that around this whole thing trying to keep it together. Um, I honestly, I don't know. And I don't have a, I don't even have a theory for that. Why the beast went to Connor's place. Yeah, you know. I, I, I don't either. So, okay. My last research question yes. is not plot contrivance. Yay. So this is going to be a story meaning question. Okay. All right. So we end with Wesley. In, in his dark, stern, solemn sexiness yes. when he's also, like, incredibly wrong. Okay. But that's okay. Yes. But he's so also he's dark, like, stern, and solemn, though. <laughs> yes. Dark and solemn and stern. Oh, and God, like, I love Wesley. <laughs> broody. And I'm like, yeah, honey, I'm hey, going to watch this mm-hmm. thing that you're about to mess up. I'm going right. to watch it. But <laughs> I'm going to watch it. <laughs> I mean, Sugar, you look damn good doing it. But also, like, this is a bad idea. Yes. <laughs> so he's like, there's only one way we're going to defeat this beast. We need Angelus. Like, yes. Yeah, that's really not a good plan. Mm-hmm. But it makes me wonder, does facing something that's just too much push you to make choices from your weaknesses? Hmm. So, like, we see here... Angel turns to the lone hero brooding mode, mm-hmm. which he knows is not good for him. Right. Wesley turns to dark portals and the idea of restoring Angela. So, like, we've got Wesley falling into this dark intellect, dark mysticism mm-hmm. space, which also he knows is not good for him. Right. And so, does the ego take over when hope seems impossible? Mm-hmm. You know, we we have this mantra from Angel, right? When nothing you do matters, all that matters is what you do. Right. But what are you supposed to do when everything is hopeless and you don't know how to fight that horrible thing that you're up against? You know, that's an interesting question because that is essentially what Angel is. Angel right? is all about the fucking hopeless fight. <laughs> the yeah. That, like, you are not getting out of here alive. Um, although, you know, they do. You know, they manage it as the seasons progress. Um, but they don't manage it whole. Like, there is, you may get out alive, but you don't get out whole. I mean, you look at, at all the water that each of them has taken on, you know, through the years, all the damage and all the hurt. Um, you know, Wesley's throat still has that scar. 
Like, I mean, mm-hmm. this is very, and his relationship with these people is, is still strained and difficult, you know? Um, so it's, it's interesting because, you know, it comes down to that whole why we fight thing, you know, that, yeah. that Angel started in Gingerbread in season three of Buffy, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why we fight. We fight because, not because we're going to win. You know, not because we're going to do anything, but we fight because it's what we do. So I think that when it comes right down to it, and part of the reason why they are the way they are, they are as damaged as they are, is because they just make the choice. They just choose to fight in whatever way makes the most sense at the moment. You know, Mm -hmm. whether it's the right choice, whether it's a healthy choice. I think these people are so far past healthy choices. Healthy choices was four exits back on the highway. Like they're not even... That's not even an option anymore. So trying to make a choice that will um, will save their souls at the same time, I think, is not something that they're really even thinking about. Like, you know, no, they've already it, paid that tax. Yeah, but it's, it's almost like it pushes them into the dark space. Yeah. That, you know how they, you know how in Buffy, um, it, when, when things get really dark for her and she's struggling at the end mm-hmm. with that identity of a slayer. Yeah. And they talk about the idea of being just a little bit in love with death. Yeah. So I feel that like Wesley underneath this plan, right? Yeah. Has always had this dark desire to meet Angelus. Like he spent his whole life studying Angelus. Interesting. So like he's drawn to that, even though if all that matters is what you do, taking Angel's soul away is not a good idea. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like, come on, people. I mean, this is this is bad news. Interesting. But, Has he but always there. wanted to meet Angelus? Yeah. That and I think is, it's oh. so like despair then opens up that. Yeah. Okay. But but here's this sort of dark temptation that yeah. you can now rationalize. Mm-hmm. And I just wonder if that is if that's the path that Wesley's on mm-hmm. with this. Yeah, I don't interesting. know. I, don't, I may not be articulating it very well, but no, I feel I that like whole. That. Yeah. yeah, no, I think that's really interesting. Like, are there are there other motivations underneath Wesley's desire to kind of do this unbelievably reckless thing? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. I like it. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I'll brood uh, because I'm not researching. I'm brooding. <laughs> <laughs> Long Day's Journey is a watcher because you need to know that the beast killed all of the totems of the Rotet and turned off the sun in L.A. Soon the world will be shrouded in darkness. The little girl in the white room's message, the answer is among you, refer to Angelus, not Connor. Angelus is connected to the beast, but Angel has no memory of it. And Wesley believes they need to remove Angel's soul to get the beastie info from Angelus. In Awakening, everyone is trying to figure out how to stop the beast, and unlocking Angelus's memory seems to be the answer. Wesley goes out and fetches a shaman who can extract Angel's soul and bring Angelus back, and then restore Angel's soul when they're done. Angel resists at first, but then agrees, and they put him in a cage with the shaman. But the shaman is bad, and Angel has to fight him off. Wesley apologizes to Angel, and the group works together to find a sword that can take down the beast. Angel wins the fight against the beast, fighting side by side with Connor. They take him down, the sun is back, Angel and Cordy have sex, then back in the cage, Angel's moment of perfect happiness loses him his soul, and he says, Buffy, because who the fuck knows why. Awakening aired on January 29th, 2003.
It was directed by James A. Cotner and written by David Fury and Stephen S. DeKnight. All right. So, Dr. Jones, here we are with Awakening, the second of our two Watcher episodes uh, for this episode of Still Dead. And um, I'm curious to know what you think. Did you like it better than uh, Long Day's Journey? No, uh, which surprised <laughs> me because I remembered this episode with a lot of fondness. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, well, this will be fun. Um, but in the end, I gave it a three and I almost gave it a two. Ooh. It, it felt like a generous three. Um, but in the context of this terrible, awful, no good run we're yeah. currently on, I, I went for the three. Um, but I remembered, you know, badass Dark Wesley and yes. I remembered the surprise at the end. And yes. like, there's something about Angel having an Indiana Jones fantasy like <laughs> that, that <laughs> is, is enjoyable, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But having all the people he loves actually be the vehicle for removing his soul. Yeah. And then like all the sciencey questions of convincing his brain of mm-hmm. a moment of perfect happiness right. and having it actually awaken in jealous. Like yeah. it's intriguing. Mm-hmm. Um, but the grossness with Cordelia and Connor, like I just can't get past yeah. it. No, and Cause it's gross. It's gross. And everything with Angel and Cordy felt so forced and uh-huh. awkward. And did they both forget how to kiss? Uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, it's the what? worst on screen kiss ever. What it's is that? It's the worst. It's so bad. And the sex scene is terrible. And Cordy just basically feels like a prop. Like yeah. she's just being used as a story prop. So, yes. eh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I loved it more in memory than I did on rewatch. <laughs> <laughs> I actually gave it a four. Because um, I kind of like this episode. I like the twist pulling together all the elements. I love the angel's perfect happiness. I mean, we fuck it up by having sex with Cordy, having that be the moment or whatever. But um, but I mean, like Angel's Perfect Happiness is about these people that he loves, you know, mm-hmm. all of them being happy together. And that is very, very touching for me. Um, you know, I, I think it's unbelievably stupid that the stupid curse involves sex with a woman again, because Jesus, that's not what this is about. <laughs> And I think they they pull off a good, solid twist without lying to their audience, which is also really good. That's always fun. Twists are not always terrible. It's just usually how we do them that is terrible because we lie to the audience in order to get the twist and make it work. When you can have a twist without lying to your audience, it's actually really great, which is why people like twists so much, but they don't understand how they work because nobody bothers to think about how a story works. Whatever. Um, (laughs) But the Cordy and Connor and Angel love triangle is as you have stated, as we have both stated a number of times, I believe the word of the day is gross. Um, Mm -hmm. It's just disgusting. Um, And if he'd lost his soul when the whole family was together and we uncoupled his perfect happiness from the stupid sex, that would have been good. But overall, like, I love the Indiana Jones nonsense. I love seeing everybody together. I love Wesley apologizing to Angel and that being part of Angel's heart and, like, all of this stuff. Like, I, I love all of, I enjoy it so much until we get to the stupid bad sex and the I've lost my soul and then he calls out for Buffy which is I don't even know what so I give it a four because the stuff I love I love a lot even though the stuff I hate I also hate a lot (laughs) but I do have some moments of again I don't know if I'd call them perfect happiness Mm -hmm. moments of adequate happiness sure adequate happiness Um, I, I love this moment. We have this, this you know, tension between Angel and Angelus. That he, like, he doesn't want to let Angelus out. And he says, if he's here, I'm not. I won't be able to protect anyone from the beast or from me, you know? Yeah. Um, and so 
I, I love that whole thing. And I love when he's talking to Wesley and he's like, all you know is what you've read in books. You've never had the pleasure of meeting Angelus and you're not going to, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. You know, I love how, how dedicated he is to absolutely not letting this happen. You know, this is yeah. not a thing yeah. that's going to happen. Um, so and I think that that was kind of fun. Yeah. And I like that Cordy got one good line. Um, mm-hmm. when Connor was talking about Angel and he said he is Angelus mm-hmm. and Cordy said, believe me, you've never met Angelus. Yeah, that's pretty good. I was like, that's good. Yeah. And the fact that Angel sang the night the lights went out in Georgia <laughs> for Lauren Soul reading delighted me Angel's to know taste in music is fascinating. It's so good. I know. So I still don't understand why Lauren can't read his memories, but whatever, plot yeah. contrivance. But mm-hmm. I, the fact that that was what he sang, I was like, okay, that's Adorable. Yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. Um, of course, also, I love Wesley. Mm-hmm. I love Wesley. Wesley is my whole thing. He takes off, right? Guns like he's not exactly a team player. But you know that son of a bitch is out fetching a monk who can extract a soul, right? You yep. know that's what he's doing. Because um, Wesley is goddamn business. Like, he is, when he disappears, he disappears because he's working on shit. Like, he's making it happen. And Gunn should know that by now, you know? <laughs> um, but I love when he walks into the shaman and he's like, rumor has it, you possess certain skills I require. And I'm like, oh, my God. Yes, I do, Wesley. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I put in my notes. I was like, hot enough for you, Lonnie? Oh, my God. <laughs> Does he have certain skills that you require? How much of this podcast is me giggling like a goddamn teenage girl over Dark Wesley? I don't even know. 80% at this point? <laughs> well, I don't know. But him <laughs> him coming in, kicking ass and being yes. like, I need a soul extracted. I'm I like, know. Mm. It's very nice. <laughs> I like it. I like it. And I love Wesley walking through the front door of the Hyperion with a plan. Of course he does. You know, and it's like capital P plan. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. it's really great. It's I really love great. it. I, he walks out and grabs a shaman the way other people walk out and grab a pint of Ben and Jerry's. It is like, <laughs> how does he do that? It's amazing. <laughs> um, I also have to say, Angel's Happy Dream like mm-hmm. fills my heart with joy. I you know I I like the twist. The twist I think works really well. Um, I love so much that Angel's Happy. I mean they they screw it up at the end because. <laughs> All we need for perfect happiness is not about sex. Let's stop associating the stupid perfect happiness with the moment he comes. <laughs> That's not how it works. It's about his family and the people that he loves living in harmony, loving each other, Fr- Gunn and Wesley being friends again, Wesley apologizing to Angel and the whole line of, you know, if I'd let you die, it would have wasted all that time I spent on the boat trying to, you know, get you back and all of this kind of stuff, which is so, so, so great. And I love the Wesley and Angel love story. I mean, that's huge for me. Um, all of it is just so fun and so sweet. And I love him, you know, even though I hate Connor and Connor's gross and disgusting, like the fact that it means so much to him that relationship with Connor and how much he loves Connor and he can't make this relationship he can't heal this relationship and then in his perfect dream like he's healing that relationship you know all of it I love I love the Indiana Jones bullshit yes it's bullshit still love it I don't care I'm in (laughs) put a fedora give me a whip I'm in I love that whole thing you know um it's just it's so fantastic no time for love, Dr. Jones. No time for love. <laughs> well, and I, I really like it because it shows what Angel wants most. 
Yes. You know, like he yes. wanted that real apology from Wesley. Mm-hmm. And but at the same time, like he truly appreciates Wesley's intellect, yeah. you know, and his knowledge. And that is obvious in yeah. this fantasy. Mm-hmm. You know, he wants Cordelia to choose him over Connor and for Connor to understand. Mm-hmm. He wants Connor to fight by his side. You yeah. know, he wants to be worthy of a magical sword. Yeah. Like King of Arthur much. I mean, yeah. He wants his team to work together and be inspired by him mm-hmm. as their leader. You know, he wants to be a champion. And like they, uh, the the whole, you know, adventure temple thing is just yeah. too much for me. But, <laughs> but showing. It's like, ridiculous and I am here for it. <laughs> but showing those real desires yeah. and the fact that those real desires are for people he loves. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought that part was really great. I know. Yeah. It It was really really good. And I like, um, I like Gunn's little note at the beginning when they were talking about this localized abnormality of darkness. (laughs) It's like, there's going to be a huge rise in undead tourism. I know. It's so cute. (laughs) I love Gunn. I love Gunn. He's fantastic. Well, I also really liked like the moment where Wesley's like, well, Fred, why don't you get the shaman some tea? And she's like, well, what can I get for you? And he's like, ah, orange zinger, you know? <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's cute. <laughs> um, but then, of course, there's the moment where uh, where Connor is accusing Angel of being a puppet of the beast. <laughs> and without spoilers, I'm just going to say, oh, my God, Angel's a puppet. Um, that's all I'm going to say. Um <laughs> And we know how much you love puppets, so it's delightful. Yes, I hate Muppets. I love Angel. I love Puppet Angel. I love Muppet Angel. And that's enough of a spoiler. I'm sorry. We're, you know, we're not giving a, a story thing away. We're just, there's there's a thing with Angel and Muppets later in the series. It's, it's okay. It's fine. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, let me move on from that to say this episode of Still Dead is brought to you by ShadyShamans.com. ShadyShamans.com is your one-stop shop for all your mystical shenanigans needs. Extracting and replacing souls is our specialty, but we also specialize in figuring out where your impossible vampire baby came from and getting the garlic smell off your hands after you've been cooking. Go to ShadyShamans.com and use the code that's not how the stupid curse works to get your discount today. Or instead, you could choose to take the $3 you might spend on, you know, whatever they're going to do for you and give it directly to Chipperish Media so that we can keep making the great podcasts you love. Like Still Pretty about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Listen Up A-Holes about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Orgasm about Explosive Inspiration, our Star Wars podcast, Metaphors Be With You, and How Story Works, a Primer in Narrative Theory. Visit patreon.com slash Chipperish to find out more. <laughs> All right. So moving into the staking portion of the program, mm-hmm. um, I mean, uh, Connor? Connor, <laughs> it's you. You're the reason my life sucks. Oh, dear God. Get a trapper keeper and go to school and just shut up. <laughs> I cannot stand this kid. And whenever we talk about Connor and Cordy, it is skin crawling gross. Yeah. Just hate the whole thing. Yeah, I hate it too. And especially because we throw Connor back into no vulnerability, no emotion space here. Yes. You know, angels in a cage. Uh-huh. warning Connor about uh-huh. Angelus and telling him to remember that Angel is his father and he loves him, which is, yeah. you know, very sweet. But Connor's like, all right, cool. If you turn, I'm just going to kill you. Yeah. Like, it's no big deal. Yeah. No problem. You know? And again, Connor wants to kill Angelus. Yeah. So th- it, it ugh, they could have actually explored emotional territory here. Uh-huh. And all we get is this whiny, resentful Petulant bullshit. baby man. Yes. Yes. I know. 
I know it's pretty terrible. Um, then of course there's the Cordian Angel stuff, which Ugh. is gross. Everything is ruined. Everything is ruined. This is like having a beautiful tablecloth that you set up and everything's great, and then somebody urinates all over it, and you're like, you know what? Let's just have dinner on it anyway. Like, no, <laughs> it's ruined. But but how did they forget how to kiss? We've seen them kiss before. They're under magical whammy at the ballet. It's hot. Yeah. No, they're what, magical what whammy. What happened? At this point, did the actors hate each other? Did something happen? Oh. I have no idea. But oh, it is God. it is worse than the textual bad kiss they had between Courtney and Wesley over in Buffy. Oh, like, it's terrible. This The kissing here is, I don't even know. I don't know what happened because waiting in the wings was hot. <laughs> We, yes, we know that these actors can smooch. And what is this? I yeah. don't even. I don't I, even. I, maybe, maybe Cordy's so grossed out by the fact that she was with Connor that she can't even anymore. Maybe. Maybe Connor, maybe Connor broke Cordy. Oh, Sex maybe. with Connor could break a girl. I could see that. <laughs> I could see I that. Know. That'd be bad. But it was, it was bad. I mean, and it's bad when a bad kissing scene distracts me from all the bad writing. Yeah. Seriously. Because it was it, just it has bad. To be bad. To oh. distract us from how bad this writing is, that kissing has to be super bad. It was awful. It was awful. It was awful. awful. It was awful. It was awful. And also, mm-hmm. while we're on Cordelia and Angel. Yes. Um, since when does being evil make you smart? Like, I, like uh, Aunt, what the hell? Uh, Angelus is not smarter than Angel. They have the same brain. They, they have, have the same, same brain. brain. But I will say this. I will say this. The one with fewer boundaries tends to win you know yes angel has boundaries that's going to hold him back from doing certain things that angelus might do and win but i don't think it makes him smarter no but it but she's so manipulating him like Mm -hmm. you know oh angelus is smarter than you are what it could have been angelus is willing to play dirty and you're not and explain to me how that works Right? To get him to say, oh, yes, Angel is, Angelus is more dangerous than me and smarter than me and most likely to kill all my friends. So let me go and bring him back. You know, right. How is it, that it, the moment that changes his mind? It makes no sense. And then and then while I'm sitting there defending mm-hmm. Angel for, in fact, being as smart as Angelus, he designs the dumbest cage. <laughs> and the, I can't I can't with this, Lonnie. So you're going to build a cage to, to house like the evilest creature that can possibly be built. Right. And and, and yet, you, you can reach your arms through the bars uh-huh. where you could, like, grab and hurt people. Yeah. And and you don't think about, like, blood or food or a bathroom mm-hmm. or, I don't know, some goddamn reading material. Right. For when you're, like, what the hell? So I'm like, Angel, no, you're just as smart as Angelus. And then he builds his cage and I'm like, oh, honey. Right. No, it's like, terrible. It's, it's terrible. It's and I mean, so the thing dumb. is, like the bathroom, I'm like, okay, maybe uh, vampires don't like go to the bathroom. They just swallow the blood. They get the animus so that they can keep moving. Maybe they don't need to like actually go to the bathroom, you know, although he drinks maybe. coffee. He drinks coffee. Yeah. Like he, he does have food on occasion, you know. Anyway, I don't know. I don't know what that is. Um, but yeah, all of it's really, really dumb. All of it's super, super dumb. Um, and yeah. That's that's what we're doing. Uh, but also, before we leave the staking this, I have to say that uh, we can stake the beast. The beast is stupid. <laughs> Who gives a fuck about this rock-headed dude? I don't care. Why do you oppose me? Rain of fire blocking the sun. And you just kind of pissed me off. That's not a good line. It's a bad line. I, the whole thing. The whole thing is dumb. The beast is not. And there's something like this big rocky 
dude that's just stomping around town. And I mean, I don't know. He's not scary. Like, yeah, he blotted out the sun and like killed all the, but there's something and like killed all the Wolferman Hart people. Like he's done a lot of terrible stuff, but for some reason he is not scary. He looks well, like, he, you know. He leaves all the main characters and guest stars alive. Yeah. All the like, time. All on a regular basis. Right. He didn't kill Gwen and she was yeah. standing right there. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, rock, paper, scissors, electricity. I'm not sure yeah. which one of them would have won, but yeah. I, he, he didn't even try to take her out. And I don't know. Yeah. The, it's a mess. Yeah. It's, it's, mess. it's, it's pretty terrible. Um, all right. So into research mode. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have some I have some things about the shaman. Um, so here's the thing. Right. Here we have this shaman who is well known enough for his soul extracting powers. Right. Mm-hmm. That Wesley can basically go and fetch him in like 20 minutes. Right. You know, um, so if he can and already has the established skill set to extract and then, you know, return a soul. Why do we need to monkey with a stupid curse? If you don't, if you can take the soul out, if that is a skill set you have, you don't need to monkey with the curse. The curse doesn't do anything for you. There's nothing. If, if his skill set was returning the soul and that's it, you know, and right. like you're going to have to find your own way to get it out. And they'll be like, well, we just hallucinate with it, whatever. Like, I don't even know. Um, it's so dumb, but the dude can remove souls. You don't need yeah. to go through the, you don't need to go through the curse to get the soul out, the dude can do it. No. Okay. And then on a practical level. Yes. All right. Someone brings you a job offer. Dude, we need a soul extracted. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to lock you in a cage. Yeah. With the most evil vampire that's ever lived. Yes. And when he wakes up, he's going to be hungry and pissed off. And you're going to be standing there in the cage. Right. Uh, Wouldn't yes. Evangelis have killed him right away? And also, how did he get out? I... Um, I how did he get out of that cage? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's so no, dumb. It's all, it's all so incredibly stupid. It's so dumb. Yeah. And the angel calls out Buffy's name. When he loses why? his soul. Because why? that's what he did last time. And we have to know that he's losing his soul because he's calling for Buffy. But why is he calling for Buffy? He was just with Cordy. And Cordy's going to be upset about that. But who cares? Because she fucked his son. Like, all of it's terrible. <laughs> All of it is is terrible. And the why of that, the only thing I can think of is that they're they're trying to make that callback to him losing his soul with Buffy because the last time he lost his soul, he said Buffy. Yeah. So now he's losing his soul and he's calling for Buffy because Buffy maybe can save him because Buffy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's so all really bad. dumb. It's, it's all really dumb. <laughs> but I also have a theory, though, that comes over from Buffy. Now okay. that we're talking about Buffy, I have a theory that, okay, over in Buffy, I've had this theory for years, and it is almost textually provable. But basically, <laughs> like, every time there's a bizarro world kind of thing, not every time, when Buffy's hair is curly, there's a bizarro world situation going on. When Buffy's hair is curly, we are in some sort of alternate universe, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it's almost always true. <laughs> except the one time that it's not in which case i'm like why are you messing with me you have this whole thing (laughs) i can pull out like 12 episodes where her hair is curly and also shit's weird and like everything and then there's one episode where it's just another buffy day you know and i'm like thanks a lot just for messing me up (laughs) 
But anyway, I noticed that Cordy's hair is curly in this episode, of course, during the dream sequence. And it was also curly in Birthday, where she's in the alternate universe where she's famous. So I don't know, because I only have these two options. And I don't remember all of the time Cordy's hair has been curly. I think it was curly and waiting in the wings. That was also kind of an alternate universe. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know. Like, this is the thing that makes me crazy is that between Angel and Buffy, they almost always curl the hair when when shit's weird, but not always. <laughs> <laughs> so they're just they're just messing with me on this. I have this whole theory because it's almost provable. And yet there is evidence to the contrary. And I don't even know what to do with that. Well, then you you run it through dirty data, you pull out your outliers, <laughs> and then you just massage your, you know, data My collection until, until it... you get the P level uh, to significant, uh, uh, and you can uh, say it's not 100%, but it is statistically significant. I love your whole research thing that you did there. I didn't understand any of it, but it just sounded <laughs> great. That's why I'm a qualitative methodologist and not quantitative because numbers lie and stories don't, unless you have bad writing, which is the case with season four of Angel. That's very, very true. All right. So now to put us out of our misery, I'm going to go ahead and brood. <laughs> Awakening is a serviceable episode of Angel, but stuck in the middle of a season arc that is truly terrible. And as such, it suffers under the weight of a lot of just super, super bad decisions. Still, it's a watcher because Angel loses soul. We need to see that happen. And, you know, you don't want to miss all the Indiana Jones nonsense. <laughs> or Wesley coming in with a plan. Um, basically, you don't want to miss any dark Wesley. So... Kelly, what's making you thirsty this week? Like I have to ask. Oh, no, that would be Gwen. Right. That would be Gwen. Hi there. Long Aww. time. No hand to hand. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What's your favorite part? Oh, it was it was Fred and Wesley. You know, Aww. statistically, it's still a coincidence. Yeah. Two lines make a line, not a pattern. Like, I <laughs> love it. I, I love know. it. Don't be ashamed. The ship has plenty of space. <laughs> You and I can hang out here all we want. <laughs> what about you? What was your favorite part? Um, well, you know, I mean, I'm torn. Like, there's there's Wesley. I hear you have some skills I require. Like, I, I'm sorry. Like, I just, you know, I, I like that. I like I like the Wesley stuff. Um, but actually, though, my favorite part is that Angel's perfect happiness is about the people he loves being happy until the writers ruin it with stupid bad sex with Cordy. But up until that moment, mm -hmm. it's really like it's so sweet. And I just love that, like, the thing that he wants, the thing that brings him perfect happiness is that the people he loves are happy. Aww. That's just sweet. It's Angel's got sweet. a soft little fluffy soul. <laughs> Angel's soul is a marshmallow. <laughs> he is a big marshmallow. Well, it was fun to be back with Still Dead, yes. and we want to hear your thoughts. So to join in the discussion on Twitter, follow Lonnie at Lonnie Danrich and me at Dr. Kelly Jones and use the hashtag Still Dead. For more in-depth discussion, visit the Chipperish forums. Go to chipperish.com, click on forum, and join in the fun. Or you can support Chipperish Media the tune of a dollar a month or more and gain access to the live chat and Discord where you can hang out with me and Kelly and all the Chipperish patrons who make a line, not a pattern. Visit patreon.com slash chipperish to find out more. You can also show your support for Still Dead by going to Apple Podcasts and giving us a review. That's one of the most effective ways to show support for your favorite podcast. Or you can use your social media platform of choice to tell your friends. Word of mouth is a powerful thing. And to say thanks to our rogue demon hunters who take time to write reviews, we return to the Prophecy Scrolls. Yay! And I have missed them, baby. I know. I am, 
I am writing these in reverse chronological order, so post your five-soul review and you'll hear your prophecy soon. For Gal Al Dornick, the world is going to hell, but our favorite rogue demon hunter has discovered a new talent for extracting souls, and he'd like your help launching a side hustle. <laughs> Don't worry about the evil side effects. This will be an Angelus VR game experience where you can play as your favorite character from the show without the burden of a conscience. <laughs> Wolfram and Hart's R&D division has developed the technology, but they're short-staffed after the beast attack, so Wesley needs your help to design the roleplay scenarios. <laughs> Want to outfox Lila and take over files and records? Want to lock Connor and Cordelia in a crate at the bottom of the ocean? <laughs> Want to keep someone in your closet and take away their bucket? These new songs... <laughs> Can you tell I didn't read this before you <laughs> I'll take away your bucket. Oh, <laughs> These new soulless VR goggles will help you cross over to the dark side and enjoy the ride. <laughs> Actually, like, what's the going rate for a soul extraction these days? Because a month without this pesky soul, I might be able to take over the world. I'm telling you, the one with fewer boundaries wins. That's how it all works. We'll be back next time with two more Watchers from Season 4, Episodes 11 and 12, Soulless and Cavalry. Until then, there's going to be a huge rise in undead tourism. 